When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Joe and I have come to the conclusion that Jim Harbaugh does in fact have an AI unit of some sort in him uh, that is activated when he has to speak to the press. And it has us unworried about the future of AI. Your thoughts? <laughs> I, think th- I think that's correct. What I like about Harbaugh is uh, he takes us back to a time before even I was born it's like 1951, and uh, Eisenhower is about to be elected president, and everything is uh, TVs are not even invented yet, and Elvis is just uh, warming up at Hume's High School in Memphis. I mean, it is the most surreal world, and I found my now again I was kidnapped last night and taken to outer space, but I find myself liking it. <laughs> All right, so you know what? Let's start with this. What did you think of the game last night overall? We had a lot of hype going in. Game fizzled a little bit. It seemed like Washington really got overwhelmed early in that game by Michigan and then really couldn't find its tempo later in the matchup. Well, even though the game was a one-score game late, you knew after, what, about the third play it was over. Uh, it just, it's just The only thing that surprised me that it wasn't uh, Georgia TCU from last year because it certainly felt like it was going to be. And, you know, Michigan just has this propensity uh, to keep people hanging around. Like uh, they, they, Alabama should have gotten blown out. I, I, they're, they're so good and so overwhelming, but they just don't have all the compliments that you need to be a perfect team, but they're still the best team. Paul Feinbaum of the Paul Feinbaum Show on ESPN Radio. So uh, is this it for Jim? Is he going to the league 100% in your mind? Well, why don't you ask him? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Many have tried. Uh, I, I mean, I think if 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 it was anybody else in the world, I think it would be a hundred percent. I think with him, you have to shave a couple of points off of that. But I think it's pretty overwhelming. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I think the the longer he waits, the better the opportunities may get. I mean, like one one came available two hours ago. You may have another one by the end of the day. So. I don't think he's in a big rush, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's going, yes. What do you think is the legacy he leaves behind at Michigan? It's something Carlin and I kicked around at the beginning of the show. We wanted to get your thoughts on that. I think it's a good one, uh, and uh, I, I, I've been on all sides of this because that's really how you are with Jim Harbaugh. Um, but I think if you go back to that December day in 2014 when he was hired, he was, he was hired because he was a successful NFL coach who had kind of worn out his welcome in San Francisco, uh, which everyone does eventually at, at, at every NFL club. And, and, and he was brought in with great fanfare to resurrect uh, a moribund program that had, that had coaches like Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. And, and guys, Michigan used to be a power. Uh, and and he, he didn't make them a power. But when he finally turned that corner three years ago, he did it in, in, in an unbelievable fashion. 
And uh, I, I there'll always be a second line of the article that says, yeah, he was mired in a controversy, but that's not going to bother anybody because college athletics is so polluted these days with so much graft and, and so many grifters uh, that I think Harbaugh uh, will be long gone by the time this NCAA case is adjudicated. And I also believe very strongly that with him leaving, it will lessen the blow. Paul Feinbaum with us, the Paul Feinbaum Show. Uh, does Michigan go internally there to replace him if, in fact, he does leave, or do they go outside and go big game hunting? I think they, they just move uh, more up. Uh, he did a really good job in those six games. And, and uh, yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of places where you've seen a trial like this. Ryan Day, by the way, uh-huh. uh, at Ohio State when Urban Meyer was suspended. Now, they may, they may regret moving Ryan Day up in spite of his gaudy record. Uh, I've seen it a couple of other places. I, I think that I, I think is as safe a bet. Now, here I go with, with, with a renowned uh, odds maker here and, 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 and betting analyst. With a, uh, it's as safe a bet to say that Harbaugh leaves and it is more moves up. You know, we just completed year 10 of the college football playoff, and next year we're going to expand to 12 teams. As you look back on the era of the 14 playoff, what do you think? You know, it feels like every year in early December we have a lot of complaining about whether or not the committee got it right, and generally by the end of the season it feels like the committee did a really strong job. They did, and, and, and I think for, for that uh, they were re- rewarded by death threats, and, and, and the committee had to, the, the CFP had to uh, call in the FBI yesterday because apparently there are some folks down in Florida that just couldn't leave well enough alone. Um, but that's okay. Uh, it was a good run. I mean, the thing, it was fascinating how it, how it began and ended. ended. It began and ended with two Big Ten teams. And other than that, they were, we could hardly find a Big Ten team uh, that really mattered. It was mainly Alabama and Clemson for about five years, and then you got Georgia into it. Uh, I mean, the fact that we've had three Alabama-Clemson finals and one semifinal and two Alabama-Georgia finals is pretty remarkable. Uh, and, and in the midst of it all, you, you had probably the best team of them all, and that was the, 19, the 2019 team with Joe Burrow at LSU. All right, I got to give Evan credit because this is a great thought. Evan, our producer, Evan Wilner, uh, just put this on the screen, so we'll throw it out there to you. Vrabel just got fired by the Tennessee. We know that he went to Ohio State, he coached at Ohio State. Would his availability open up their minds a little bit more toward replacing Ryan Day at Ohio State? It should. Uh, And I think Ryan Day and you'll have to double-check the record, he either has nine or ten losses uh, during his tenure. Uh, but I, I, think, I, think, I think he is as good as done up there. And I know that, that sounds like a hot take. It's not. Uh, he, is, he is losing gas by the, by the hour. And the fact that Jim Harbaugh, the guy that he used to own, is now at the top of the heap in college football makes it even worse. And, and Brabel, to me, uh, is a better coach. He's accomplished. Uh, for whatever reason, they got rid of him today. They shouldn't have. Uh, I, I would seriously consider making him the Ohio State coach tomorrow. Paul, was there any part of you when you woke up today and realized that Michigan was national champions? I mean, this kind of thing happens to me every once in a while, where you look in a mirror and you just, for, for a moment, you kind of hate yourself. <laughs> I feel pretty good because after the game, I, uh, I, I hung myself upside down for a couple of hours. And after I passed out, went to the ER, 
uh, and it was given some antibiotics and, and, and a blood transfusion. I started to feel a lot better. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> My pleasure, guys. He is the best. He is just the best. Evan, great question, and I hadn't even considered it on your part, and Paul is right. I mean, the only thing about it is that I wonder if Vrabel, having coached in both scenarios now, uh, you have your first love of Ohio State and all that, and that's great, but when there's NIL involved and when there is recruiting involved, the quality of life, believe it or not, is much better in the NFL than it is in college, even if you could potentially make more money in college at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, look at Chip Kelly. It seems like Chip desperately wants to be in the NFL. He hated recruiting, yeah. and he's and he's just kind of you know toiling away at UCLA. I don't think there are a lot of people out there that thought UCLA was going to bring him back another year, and sure, and sure enough, they did. He he, I I. You get used to that life in the NFL. It's it's a business. You check in, you check out. It doesn't mean it's eight hours a day and it's easy. It's very difficult. But the rigors of what the college football coaching community goes through, it never ends. And the thing is, they don't have a great handle on it because it's constantly evolving. Now you've got NIL and you've got transfer portals and you've got signing windows that are happening earlier in the year. You have to always be on your game. Not only are you trying to recruit from a pool of thousands of kids coming out of high school you're trying to recruit all the kids that are in college football right now while also continuously recruiting the players you currently have to make sure they're comfortable and they want to stay then putting together game plans then putting together situations where you go out and try to get some wins and if you can do all that maybe you can go home at night kiss your wife say hi to your kids maybe don't count on it that lifestyle college head coach i mean we can all talk. I think the best job in the world is ex-college head coach who just got fired. Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Nobody's getting, living like Jimbo right now. Absolutely. You're getting all that money, and you're not doing a damn thing anymore after you were probably miserable for a few years. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Paul Feinbaum getting it done, brought to you by Granger. As he does each and every week, he gets it done. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. One move that could change the entire NFL offseason Happened about two hours ago. We'll tell you about it next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. You probably have to bet against these exclusively moving forward because these picks have been a complete disaster. One in five with the national championship yesterday. Thank God for the one. Down 5.45 units. Overall, the show getting murdered here. 116, 130, and two. Down 27 units. There's nothing to be said. There's nothing to be said except hashtag fade and ball. You got to start thinking about going the other way. Here's where I'm at tonight. You decide what you want to do with this information. Prop bet number one in the NBA. It's the Lakers and the Raptors. Emmanuel quickly, his assist prop is four and a half. To go over is a price of minus 115. Sometimes you can find great opportunities in prop markets in the NBA following trades or injuries to key players because it shifts the dynamic of how certain guys are utilized. But when it does that, the bookies don't necessarily keep up with it. Here's what I mean. 24 minutes per game with the Knicks. That's Emmanuel quickly this season. 2.5 assists per game. He goes over to Toronto. He's now playing 31 minutes per game. His assists are going from 2.5 to 6.5. Since he's been in Toronto, 3, 5, 8, and 10 assists. He's gone over this prop in 3 of 4 games. So we're going to go Emmanuel quickly over 4.5 assists. We're also going to play Jaden Ivey of the Pistons over 1.5 made three-pointers. He's got to make two three-pointers tonight. He's coming off his worst three-point shooting game of the season. Went 0 for 6 Sunday at Denver. Positive regression on our side. Keep this in mind. With Cade Cunningham out tonight, Ivy has gone over this prop. He's hit at least two three-pointers in 14 straight games without Cade Cunningham in the lineup. So your first two pizza monies of the night, Emmanuel quickly over four and a half assists, Jaden Ivy over one and a half made three pointers. I love the fact that shooters keep shooting. And shooters that's shoot. Lineup. Shooters shoot, my friend. That's right. Adam Schefter reporting that the Titans have fired Mike Vrabel. I'm not sure if there's a shoe in as people think of like New England, that fit. You know, I, I think that Kraft has a lot to decide with uh, Belichick. Vrabel's one of those guys that knows the rule book and the mechanisms of game management inside and out. I think he instantly goes to becoming a tier one candidate. I mean, there are certain guys that you look at and say, these guys are going to get jobs. And I think Vrabel would be one of them. That happened early in our show today, about an hour and 45 minutes ago. Mike Vrabel fired by the Tennessee Titans. A little bit surprising to you and me, but not to everybody. It's Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. We had Jeff Saturday on right as the news broke, and you heard a a bit of it there, but let's play the whole clip here when we asked him about the possibility of Mike Vrabel ending up as the head coach of the New England Patriots if and when the Patriots break up with Bill Belichick. I'm not sure if there's a shoe-in as people think of, like, New England, that fit. You know, I think that I think that um, 
you know, Kraft has a lot to decide with uh, Belichick. And Belichick has put the pressure on him. You know, he's saying all the right things that he would take a minimum, you know, a, a diminished role in certain areas if it was best for the team. He's gonna make them fire him. You know what I mean? This ain't gonna be a this ain't gonna be a uh, an easy departure. So it's uh, it's it's really interesting right now for sure. I gotta tell you that is. That is a surprising take for me because I have long felt, you know, I I brought this up several months ago that this is the logical guy to take over for Belichick and he'd be perfect in New England. And you talk about a fan base having incredible patience with him. I don't think there's any doubt he's got so much positive equity built up there. But I also kind of get it because the Patriots have the third pick, whether or not they're going to trade up to try to get uh, one of the top two quarterbacks. I don't know. But they're going to have to draft a quarterback. And, Joe, you're going to have to have somebody who can develop them. And that's not the forte of Mike Vrabel. The first thing I'm looking to do if I'm Robert Kraft in this new era that's about to commence is get as far away from the Patriot way as humanly possible. It, it, it had its time. It was extraordinary. It led to results we have not seen in this sport It's created how many Hall of Famers, how many legends, how many incredible moments for us as the viewer, as the fan, uh, people in New England, people in the AFC East who have suffered at the hands of that for how many years. It was an extraordinary time. But you can't just cling to that, hoping to to bring it back, hoping in some way that you're going to find that again. You have to understand it's over, but you can begin anew. The best way to begin anew is start fresh. Find a candidate who isn't necessarily a Belichick protege or someone that's attached to the program in some way or someone who played for you. Find a really good, strong candidate who can come in and build this thing up. All right? You're not going to win a Super Bowl next year. You're probably not going to the playoffs next year for a couple years. Find a guy who can build a program and lead men. Do that. Get this thing back on track and get yourself to a point where maybe in the next three to five years you're in the postseason trying to make a run at it. That's not unreasonable. The Patriots should look at the Packers, okay? They have time on their hands. They don't have to rush this thing. Green Bay is moving on from the post-Aaron Rodgers era, which came off the Favre era. No one was looking at Green Bay saying you have to win this year. Take your time, build something, and they're in the playoffs in one year. New England should be looking at that too. Given the state of their division, the state of the AFC, the state of their roster and quarterback position, find a way to build this thing up. Take your time, get it right, start a new Patriot way. But I've never really felt like Vrabel is a Belichick disciple or clone. I know he played there, but there's a much different relationship that Vrabel has with his players than Belichick really does. Correct. You you even you hear people, even when they've had success, say how miserable it can be in that building, you know, around Belichick at times. Uh, And I've never heard that about Vrabel. So that's why I mean, are, are you? So are you anti-Vrabel because of that? No, I like Vrabel a lot. I think he's excellent for the Cowboys job. I think for for New England, it's just about the branding. It's about the messaging. You bring Vrabel back, it's all right, this guy played for Bill. He understands Bill's way of doing things. He gets the Patriot way. That's how we play football up here. Mm. No, don't do any of that. Don't do any of that. Stop trying to cling to that. Start fresh. Start a new era. That's what I'm getting at. I'm getting at the branding and the messaging. If Rabel's the guy, eventually becomes this, well, he knows Bill. He knows how we do things here. This is the way we're going to do things. No. 
No, don't do that. Start fresh. Start new. Start new messaging, new branding. Begin a new era because that's what this is. The best argument I can make against Mike Vrabel is that the Patriots already have an excellent defense and they have nobody on offense. And they need a quarterback. They need a couple of offensive linemen. They need, I don't know, five receivers. Um, they, they need help all over the place. For those teams I, I, looking to develop a quarterback, I don't know if Vrabel is your guy. It's not to say he can't do it, but we haven't seen him do it. No, exactly. And that's what that would be the argument to me. If you feel like in a year or two with a really good defense that you have somewhat in place that you could compete if it's not a full-on rebuild. If you get the right offensive mind in the building and the right offensive talent in the building. The one thing they've always done well is handle the cap exceptionally well. So I'm not worried about that from their standpoint. If they find, if Ben, do you think it's an attractive job for Ben Johnson? Like we heard a few weeks ago, right? Think about that. We heard a few weeks ago that Ben Johnson was floating out the number of 15 million a year as being the head coach. I kind of thought that might have been to scare off David Tepper and the Panthers because he was in the mix for the job last year and clearly didn't want it. I I feel like that's the same case here. So if I'm Ben Johnson, do I want to look at at the Patriots, knowing now that I've got three big free agent coaches potentially in front of me? If I'm Ben Johnson, I think I'm looking directly at that Charger job. I want the quarterback. Yeah, He's so done. two or three other guys, though. I know, but that's the thing. He's, if you're him, you waited an extra year, and now you found yourself in a scenario where there are a lot of great candidates with bigger resumes in front of you. You might not get that option, but he's done so well with golf – I would imagine a guy like him, a young guy, wants to come in and he's going to want to win right away. It's very difficult as the young guy, first-time head coach, to be able to preach patience because everyone's going to look at D'Amico Ryans. And they're going to say, look at what just happened to Houston. They were a dumpster fire. They just won the division. They won the division. You can look at Indianapolis and say they lost their way. They lost their starting quarterback. They put their backup in. They were in week week 18 playing a win and in scenario. There are guys, and you have to remember, these are the outlier situations, but there are these coaches that come in in year one and they just have extraordinary success, and then other first-year head coaches get held to that standard. And if they don't meet that standard, they immediately find themselves on the hot seat with virtually no patience from the fan base. All right, Frank Reich out immediately in Carolina. Not to say they should have given it more time. It was a bad hire to begin with. But the time span that these guys get to build something is a lot shorter than it's ever been. So if you're a young guy like Ben Johnson, you're going to be expected to produce results early on. You're going to have to look competent. I think a guy like him would love a spot like the Chargers where you can win early. You go to New England, you're going to follow Bill Belichick? I mean, good luck. Good luck given the current state of that roster. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio on your smart speaker. With that in mind, one NFL quarterback says it's time to cut the BS, which begs the question, can you actually cut yourself? It's next after (laughs) Joe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and the experience to answer all your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. See, now, during our break, I was trying to be considerate. I was having a little snacky snack because Big Fella's lunchtime has passed. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, hangry. Look out, Jack. <laughs> you don't want to see a, any piece of this. Get but, that man um, a Snickers. Yeah. So I had hit that, uh, that dreaded mute button so you didn't have to hear me chewing away on something. And then. What do you, uh, got, going, where, what do you got going on? Uh, I just had uh, some, some chips. A little bag of the Cape Cods. Yeah. Apple was plus 5,000. <laughs> Didn't think you were going to dangle like a whole fruit bowl in front of me. I oh, was just having some, some fruit and some almonds, you know, really trying to turn the corner here. Just a, a nice bag of chips empty. You can hear the crumbs rattling around at the bottom. <laughs> Why don't you just vote for the Jets punter to be MVP instead? <laughs> You'd have a better chance. Anyway. Uh, and then I, right out of it, I turned the, the muted... Uh, Mute button off, and what do I do? I, I blow my nose right into the microphone. <laughs> that, Not on the air this time. I did time. catch that one. That yeah. was, that, that, I appreciate that, by the You're way. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. As I have said, the ABCs are me. This is what you get. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. Um, so yesterday, he's addressing the media after the season ends, and was asked what he thinks is required for the Jets to contend next season. What, what are the big off-season issues facing this team? You want to be a winning organization and to put yourself in position to win championships and be competitive. Everything that you do matters. And the bullshit that has nothing to do with winning needs to get out of the building. So that'll be the focus uh, moving forward. Um, that's the focus of these conversations, I think. It's, it's important when you have an exit meetings to create an environment where there's no judgment. It's a free, free conversation. Guys should hear out their differences. We know there'll be a percentage of that that's just bitch for no reason. That's part of it. But I think there's some, uh, some things that in every organization, and we did this for 18 years in Green Bay, the exit meetings are important to just get everything on the table that's happened, flush the bullshit that you need to move forward away from and then refine your focus moving forward. One thing I've always prided myself on, Joe, is having a good sense of self-awareness. I know what I am. <laughs> I know what I am. And I don't try to hide. And then I have that from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know exactly what would make you think that it's smart to say that 
when you realize that you are the problem when it comes to that. With everything he said last week uh, on the Pat McAfee show, with everything he said earlier today, more of his garbage, whatever, I am getting to the point where I wish somebody would just launch this dumbass into the sun. <laughs> but he, he doesn't see it like that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't see what he's doing as a distraction or a problem or an issue. What he's doing is business. What he's doing is controlling his message. This is an opportunity for him to cash an enormous check, and once a week he gets an opportunity to speak out against all the people who are trying to say negative things about him. Whether they're negative things, whether they're incorrect things, whether they're bashing him, this is his platform to get his message out. He's not going to go to the local media and use the newspaper man like you might have back in the day. He's got a massive platform working with Pat, and he can go on and simultaneously cash a monster check in order to get his message out there. To him, what he's doing is correct. To him, that's not the problem. That's not the BS. That's not the distraction because he is Jack Parkman. He's the winner. The rest of the Jets are losers. They'll be winners once he's there, but they're the losers. He's the winner. He can't possibly be the problem. I'm the only winner on the team. The rest of them are losers, either by choice or by birth. Like, that's that's who he is. He is Jack Parkman. Parkman was an incredible talent. We all remember it. Rodgers is an incredible talent, but, you know, there's the other stuff that comes with it. Well, but this is really the issue in that so much of it, um, so much of the stupid drama comes from things that he says and, and does. And he hasn't, he's played four plays this year, and that's the case. And so I was asking around the other day, you know, I was doing the Jet Patriot game. And I was asking around some of the folks who are around the Jets in the organization and outside, you know, every day about what's going on there. And and I would say that pretty much to uh, an individual, each one said, well, he's not running the show nearly as much as you think he is. But when I see that, when I hear those comments, and I hear more of what he has to say outside of it that has absolutely nothing to do with winning, flushing the BS, what turns out, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers' message? Aaron Rodgers' message has absolutely nothing to do with winning. And he is... There are great leaders who can lead you the wrong way in a locker room. Many, many times there are great leaders. That team just voted him their most inspirational player this season. He is leading them in the wrong direction. He's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best throwers of the football we've ever seen. There is nothing about him that says winner right now at this point in his career, and there is nothing about him that says the the most important thing to him is to go and win for the Jets. I mean, it's all crap. It's all crap that comes from him. Tenth pick in the draft, if he wants a say in that pick, does he get a say in that pick? Absolutely he does. You think the Jets are taking a quarterback like they should be? No chance in hell. <laughs> no chance. They will be doing everything they can to move up to get Marvin Harrison. Or they will be doing everything they can to take another weapon or another offensive lineman, which I wouldn't be against an offensive lineman. They need offensive linemen. You've got to build up the O-line. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I just hate the idea that the GM may not be making the pick. Because I worry about the direct relationship of the quarterback to the owner. I think 
there might be a great bet against opportunity with them next year because all this hype is going to build up again. All this hype is going to build up. But but here's what happens. When it falls apart this time around, people start getting fired and everyone knows they're on the chopping block. Like right now, this year, it was like Salah, Douglas, everyone involved in that whole thing was like, there's a pretty good chance we're coming back, right? We're going to get a makeup. We're going to get a redo. We're going to get a mulligan here because of the Rodgers injury. Next year when it goes south, there's not going to be any of that. Everyone's going to be gone, and it's going to be a complete reboot. Rodgers is probably gone after that as well. So I think you just sit back. You let the positive hype, the positive momentum build up to a fevered pitch, and then you fire on that underwind total next season when they get ready to take the field. Well, he wasn't the only New York athlete with some interesting comments yesterday. By the way, I'm so thankful that you could find a way to, to tie in the wagering on this because if if I'm going to have to listen to him, I should at least make some more money off it, yeah, like he right? is, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> figure out a way to get something out of it. That's exactly. We're looking for the silver linings in these shows. I love it. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, so we gave you Jaden Ivey over one and a half made three pointers tonight. We also gave you Emmanuel Click quickly, excuse me, over four and a half assists tonight. Final one, very simple. The New York Knicks, minus 12 over the Portland Trailblazers. You may say that's a lot of points to cover, Fortin Ball. You better have some good analysis. Oh, do I. The Knicks have been extraordinary this year in beating the daylights out of really bad basketball teams. They have played 11 games this season against teams that rank in the bottom 10 in net rating. So if you rank in the bottom 10 in net rating and you've played the Knicks, you have not done well at all, okay? In those 11 games, the Knicks are 10-1 and one straight up, 9-2 and two against the spread, with a point differential of plus 12.09. Oh, they don't you. beat bad teams. They humiliate bad teams. They did it to Washington on Friday. They're going to do it to the Blazers tonight. Pizza money number three, Knicks minus 12 over the Blazers. They say what? What? I have to believe one and one is three. I, I can't, I can't uh, operate where one and one is two. They said what? Love this. Love this. An interesting way to wrap up the show today. Let us start with Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan head coach last night, with Holly Rowe after the game. Well, Coach, you escaped the, the Gatorade all this time. How sweet does this little bath feel right now? It's pretty great. You know, you watch this confetti come down. It's like thousands of confetti. It tells a story. There's a story in every one of those pieces of confetti. The amazing blue confetti. Just so proud of our team. In case you were curious what it sounded like to win a national championship after eating magic mushrooms, there you have it. <laughs> like, every piece of this confetti tells a different story. 
yeah, that 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 sounds like something that's going to be said at a at a fish show at the Sphere in Vegas coming yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Not that anyone here would know anything about that. We're just saying, you know. No. For example, no. I've heard. I've heard. He is just. He is something, man. It's amazing. I'd love to be at one of the Harbaugh family dinners on like Thanksgiving. Just sit there and just watch him operate. I'm sure it's wonderful. I am praying that wherever he is introduced as head coach, he starts it with Happy New Year. (laughs) And it's January 21st. Happy New Year. (laughs) Up next, Saquon Barkley, Giants running back on his future contract negotiations with the organization. His office is open, so anyone can go up there and talk to him. So, Do you like, plan on going up there, though? Um, not really. Um, I feel like you know, I went through the whole process last year. We, we talked more than enough last year, to be honest, not just out with Joe, but the whole negotiation thing. And, and just, I'm going to let my agents into that. That sounds like someone who's excited to be a giant for long term. <laughs> Oh, I got to be honest. I was looking at an email. I didn't hear any of that. I'm I'm just going to be completely honest. I looked up. I caught the end of it. I was trying to figure out something. Total botch job here. Total botch job. Apologies to everyone in the back. Apologies to everyone listening. I looked up. It had gotten completely by me. I saw Garrett Wilson's name. I'm like, he doesn't play for the Giants. I usually can BS my way through things like this. Couldn't Mm. do it at all there. Hand up. That's on me. Hand up. That's fine. What was the topic? Because you really didn't miss anything. <laughs> Let's do it again. Here's Saquon Barkley on his final uh, negotiations <laughs> this coming uh, off season with the Giants. His office is open, so anyone can go up there and talk to him. So, do you like, plan on going up there, though? Um, not really. Um, like, you know, I went through the whole process last year. We, we talked more than enough last year, to be honest. Not just out with Joe, but the whole negotiation thing. And, and just, I'm going to let my agents into that. Excellent. Talk to him? Yeah, whatever. Excellent. I got takes on this. This is good audio. I'm glad I heard it the second time. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, yes. I, why? Why go up there? He, he did everything you wanted, right? He, he, he didn't necessarily get the deal he wanted. You guys came to terms on it. Some would argue, well, he signed the contract, so so be it. He's completed his mission. He's done. There's no more conversations that need to be had between Barkley and the Giants. You either want him, and you know what he wants, a long-term deal, or you don't want him and you let him go. That's how this plays out. You got the year out of him. You wasted his year completely because your team stunk. And he even showed up for you in Week 18. He could have just pulled the old ah, hamstrings feeling a little tight, gentlemen, not going to be able to go. And what was going to happen? Someone was going to stop him. I don't blame him at all. He's done everything he could for that organization. They've done very little to back him up. If he doesn't want to go through his exit interview, enjoy the Bahamas or wherever you're going, my friend. Yeah, he will end up somewhere else next year, and he knows it already. By the way, pretty strong take for a guy who didn't even hear the audio the first time. Well, I thought you'd deliver as usual. (laughs) That take was not one that was based on not hearing audio. That's for sure. Here's Garrett no, if Wilson. If we need to respond it, we will. <laughs> yes, that's going to be the message well in the uh, post meeting here. Well done. <laughs> Garrett Wilson, Jets wide receiver. Was this a good year or a bad year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I hear that I had a good year. You know, it's, it's the worst year of my life, though. <laughs> Season. So, you know, thank you. But, um, yeah. You know, that's that's the reality of it. Only jet wide receiver in history to go over a thousand in his first two years in the league. 
He has been fantastic. They hit on him. He's got a ton of talent. But you know what? When you're a competitor like him, especially a guy who plays at Ohio State and has all that success there, you get accustomed to winning. You get accustomed to succeeding. And he's putting up the numbers, but, I mean, come on. Like, it's got to be frustrating week in and week out when you're watching A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase when he's healthy, Justin Jefferson when he's healthy. These star-wide receivers put up huge numbers. You want to do that, but you're playing on this inept offense that just can't figure out how to get out of its own way, can't figure out how to matriculate the ball down the field. It's got to be frustrating, and I'm glad he's speaking on it because they got to get that solved, man. You don't want to waste talent like that. I really I wonder if he has ever lost in his entire life before this year as much as he's lost the last two years. Meaning before he became a Jet versus, you know, right. every other year ever. I mean, college was obviously a raging yeah. success for him. And then, yeah, guys like this don't play on awful high school teams. They're so good, they carry the team to wins. Draymond Green, Warriors forward on the Draymond Green show, by the way. Adam Silver... He's the one you can thank for me not retiring. I just told him, Adam, it's too much for me. Like, it's too much. Like, this is too much. It's all becoming too much for me. And I'm going to retire. And Adam said, ah, you're making a very rash decision. And I won't let you do that. We had a long, great conversation. Very helpful to me. Very thankful Uh, to play in a league with a commissioner like Adam, uh, who's more about helping you than hurting you or helping you than punishing you. Or, you know, he's more about the players. You know, here's what's interesting. I heard Evan Cohen bring this up yesterday. So Bob Myers is helping out Josh Harris, right, Mm -hmm. in, in D.C. Wonder if he might throw in a word or two for Draymond in Philly since Josh Harris owns the Sixers, too. That's very interesting. I would consider this. Uh, a guy who's thinking that long and hard about retirement, I'm not sure if you necessarily want to get in business with that guy. And that's not disagree. to knock Draymond Green at all. It's just when you start hearing players discuss retirement, fighters discuss retirement, you start to realize like it's not they're not necessarily all the way in like they used to be. And again, not a knock. He has had an extraordinary career, ton of winning success, ton of individual success. It's all their defensive player of the year. Remarkable career. But if he's if he was seriously considering retirement, it's not like one conversation is going to wash all that away. Those feelings are going to be there to an extent. And if you're a team looking to contend, I don't know if necessarily that's going to put you over the top if he's not 100% as hungry as he used to be. I, I, I think it's a fair question. I think in this case, it was probably one of those things. I don't know that Draymond has been sitting around. I don't, and I don't know this for a fact that he's been sitting around all year thinking about retirement, or if it was just in that very short order. I think there is a difference in the thought process there. So, you know, if just what happened over the last month and a half, two months, or what he's been going through in his life that they've talked about has kind of led to this, then I think Silver probably had a point. Come, Come back strong. Come yeah. back strong. Be a, be an example for others. There are a lot of people out there. I'm not talking about NBA guys. I'm talking about a lot of people out there that are struggling day to day. Everyone's going through something. To see you go through that on the national scale and have to deal with that, it, 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 it's extraordinarily difficult. Come back strong. Show people you can bounce back. Show people brighter days are ahead. Be an inspiration. He has the ability to do that. You know he can. Carlin versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. By the way, Hembo also said that uh, 
Belichick should be the coach of the Eagles. No. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.